Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, we are featuring Ty Verdes, who joins me tonight. How are you doing? Wow, I am just beautiful. How are you? <laughs> doing great. Happy to have you. You have this insane TikTok success. How does that work? How does that work? That is a very general question for something that I know very, I, I just don't know the intricacies of TikTok <laughs> like that, you know, but I'll say this, I put a bunch of authentic content on that platform religiously in 2020 and also can, up to now. And I think that, you know, people are just responding to it because I showed parts of my life that a lot of people, people related to, like quitting my job and uh, just the process of what it's like to work at, uh, you know, at a nine to five. And I think that a lot of people want to feel like they are listen to when they talk about their problems. And I just, I know what, what people are going through, you know, or maybe I don't know. I just know what I'm going through and that it's, it's, it's relatable. So did you start with content on your social media pages or did you start with music? I started with content. I mean, I was honestly just not doing anything that important. I was doing like funny videos and like some workout content because I wasn't taking TikTok seriously until my brother was like, oh, yeah, uh, people are using this app to blow up as an artist. And also Gary B, who is a, like a motivational speaker and also just like a great marketing guy. He was like, yeah, you need to be using this if you're an artist. And I was like, OK, those two people who are pretty smart in my life are telling me to do something and I got to do it. So I tried. And I also saw Curtis Waters um, song stunning. He went on TikTok and he did a dance and it went viral. And then the song just ended up going everywhere. So I was like, if this kid can do it, I can do it. And that's just my mindset with everything. And you've tried a lot of different ways to get your music out there. You've done the reality singing shows. You've done pretty much anything that one person can do to get yourself out on all platforms. Mm -hmm. That must have been really difficult to kind of spread yourself out so thin and keep getting knocked down. Well, I mean, I think that when you realize that nothing is that important in general, like no one's opinion is real, it makes it so it's freeing. And if things aren't working, it's just you just had to try other things. It's not that people aren't, you know, about you. It's just that you just have to figure out a different way to present them the package of your story and your content, you know? So I think I don't really look at rejection as real. You know, I just think it is, I take it as, you know, constructive criticism, you know? <laughs> Do you have any constructive criticism you can share from those shows and, and what it was like for you to be on them? I was never on the show. I just auditioned. I was not good enough. So the constructive criticism I got was that nobody ever called me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like... It was more, and it wasn't even that it was constructive criticism. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't good. Like, they were right. I, people are like, oh, how could you not put Ty Verdes on, uh, on these singing shows? In reality, it wasn't Ty Verdes. It was this guy named Tyler that wasn't that good at singing and didn't try that hard at it, you know? So it took me six months of, like, singing in my car every single day and then going in the studio and recording a new song for it to be you know, a real thing that people are invested in because you can tell that people put their heart into it. The most, the biggest constructive criticism I ever got was when I was showing a friend my old music when I had made like five songs for fun. I was like, what do you think of this? And I, and I played it for her, for her and her name is Vanessa. I'm going to shout her out. And she was like, I just don't feel it. I just don't feel it. You don't, it's just I can, emotionally, you're just not getting me. And I was like, oh, wow. That was, that was kind of a shot to the heart. Then I kind of took it to heart. I was like, okay, I got to put more emotion in this music. And how do you do that? 
by talking about things that you've actually experienced instead of general ideas. You know, I think that a lot of my music is really authentic. I don't write any songs on my Thai British project that I haven't been through. You know, I don't talk about things that are foreign to me. I talk about things that are real to me and, and, and in a way that is so detailed that you can tell it is real, you know, like I've actually been through it compared to if I was just talking about love then I'd have to compete with everybody else talking about love in their songs. But in reality, if you just talk about your own experience, if you do that a really well in a really good way, then you can't compete with anyone. No one's ever going to sound better than me on my song. That's what I learned when I was on uh, American Idol or when I, when I tried out for American Idol is that I can never sing someone's song better than the original person. So I just got to sing mine really, really awesome. In one of your interviews, you said that the lines in Stuck in the Middle are things that girls actually say to you all the time. Do you find in all your songs, there's that so much honesty and truth in all of them? Yeah, there's honesty and truth in all of them. And I think that it comes through when you hear it, especially when I'm about to go out and perform this at Lollapalooza and on the Quinn tour. Like, these are the songs that I'll perform until I'm 40 and I won't even care. I can do them until I'm 80. I don't know if anybody would watch, but (laughs) I'd still do it. That would be pretty fun to see you at 80 doing these songs again. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So you said that you had to quit your job. Does that mean mm. you have more time to focus on your music and everything? Yeah, I quit my job last year. So that was a while ago. And I didn't really have to quit my job. I just really wanted to quit my job. I was like, okay, when is when is the time where I can just go and be full-time artist? And then I figured out that time. And now that I'm doing this full-time, this is what I do now. And I love that for just the ability to create songs because I just have so much more time to make music. So now what is it like for you? We're coming out of a pandemic and during a pandemic, you became a full-time artist. Are you kind of starting at the beginning or do you feel like you're starting out in the middle because you have Lollapalooza lined up, you have all this other stuff lined up, but you haven't already been out for the last year? Yeah, no, I'm starting definitely from the middle. I'm kind of stuck in the middle. Hot, did it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm definitely starting from the middle. And that's what TikTok is doing for artists is that they're skipping the, um, at least for some artists, they're skipping the, the the startup phase where you had to like go into dive bar and do like shows to 20 people or 10 people because social media is powerful and can you basically are doing that on social media first, where you you're first getting your content out to 10 or 20 people, and then it grows and grows and grows. And that's just what happens when you just dedicate yourself to the internet for a minute. You know, you get to skip a couple of steps. Do you have plans for massive tours or is it going to be a little slower this year? No, I think right after we go from the Quinn tour, we're going to go on my headline tour. And then in 2021, we're going to go on another tour where I'm headlining, where the rooms are going to be even bigger. So it's just going to keep building until I'm in that arena, baby. (laughs) What's the first arena you want to play? I think all arenas are the same. They're arenas. So we're just going to go and we're going to do all of them. They're They're obviously all different, but I just want to do all of them. Do you think you would prefer to play outside or an indoor arena? Outside or inside? Honestly, I'm uh, I'm very sensitive. I like my air conditioning, so I like uh, being inside. But also, I think that like a cool like fall day where the weather's really nice would be really cool. We'll work on it. We've got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> You've had many names throughout your career so far. Is this mm. the name that stays, Tiberius? Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely not gonna do uh, any Puff Daddy stuff, or maybe I will. Who knows? I don't know what the, <laughs> the end of the road is. I don't know what the end of the road is, but I think that keeping your keeping yourself malleable as an artist. Like some people are just doing the same thing over and over again. It's not working. 
but you should always try something new. Or if you, if like, for me, it's like, if you're an artist and you haven't made it yet, change your name every two years or something like that. Just do three different artist projects. You, no one cares about you. And so the ball is really starting to roll. And that's, I think the most beautiful part about starting up is that you can do whatever you want right now. I can't really change my name. That would be it's like a little bit stupid but but in the beginning process i could have changed my name to whatever you know and, and i could have released whatever type of music you know so it's just do you do your own thing every single time what genre do you put your music in uh i don't have any genres i don't even what is what is a, i don't even know can i even pronounce that word genre you know what i'm saying i just do make music that i like it's tiberdays type music it's my i want people to when they listen to my music be like oh the reason why this hits is because it's him singing it, it, it that's that's the whole point is that i want to make stuff that other people are like ah oh, man i don't know if i can do all that you know what is one of your earliest memories of music being a part of your life Earliest memories of music being a part of my life. I think definitely playing uh, my mom playing the radio and playing these like children's uh, song storybooks to me in the car on the way to, you know, like third grade or whatever, or kindergarten. And just loving the stories. A guy named Bill Harley does a great job and just entertaining kids with these just awesome like chapters of great storytelling and song and singing. And just I love it all. And that inspired you in any way? Or was it something later that inspired you to do music yourself? I think, well, I mean, the only thing that inspired me to do music myself is seeing other people do music and, and to me hearing, not hearing anything that I could try. You know what I'm saying? Like Kanye West was a big one where he would do anything on a song and maybe his vocal wasn't pitched all the way right or, or something was too loud or something was not the perfect rhyme or it didn't even rhyme at all but it still was on the radio. It still was huge. People still loved him. And I just, I would just see people like him and people in Jay-Z be just be so creative with the way that they're putting stuff out there and just saying things that no one had ever said before, or just saying things that was specifically in their own way that I just think was so dope. So I'm just going to do the same thing. Just say things that, you know, people can connect with. Do you want to keep your hands in all of the production of your music or do you eventually want that to be somebody else's job? Well, I think that, I mean, I produce, and it's going to be more uh, pertinent now, but uh, I help produce a lot of the album in terms of like or, or making the actual sounds. Like there's different types of producers who like make the sounds and there's other types of producers that like finish records and stuff like that. And I'm definitely the type of producer that is organ like in terms of the actual song, the song structure and like what sounds should go where and uh, stuff like that. And I think that's why my music is so me because I'm the one organizing it um, with my co-producer, Adam Friedman, who's great. We uh, do a lot of stuff together. He did uh, like 50 or 60% of the album with me because we collaborate so well together. We like kind of uh, co-produce that and that's going to continue in the future. So what's next for you? Um, well, to be honest, I got like three albums. I know the cover art. I know what colors it's going to all be. I know the titles of all of them. I'm just a problem. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for everybody else because of how much of a problem I am. What was it like when you got signed to Arista? Are they, are they like, okay, well, you need to slow down just a little bit? I think that everyone has their own way of looking at it in terms of what I should, like, that's, that's the whole point is when you sign with more people on the team, they're all going to have a, an opinion. And, but the, to be honest, nobody has any idea how to do it but me. So they kind of follow my lead and they understand that like with this new platform and how to engage with the fans, like I can go from no streams on a song to getting a hundred 
thousand streams on a song just by posting a video. And that really hasn't happened in the history of music yet. So now that that's the thing, I can really kind of control my own destiny with how I want this to go as well. And, and just because I'm the most willing to promote, I think that other artists, they might say, oh man, I, I want to be the biggest artist in the world, but the music is only 50%. The other 50% is like promotion. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people can beat me at. It's been almost a year since you were in the Rolling Stone. What was that like? You know, I, I see all the articles and stuff like that. And every single one is an honor, but I just don't, I just, I just don't want to, you know, think about it too hard because then it, it, then it takes away, it takes away from the specialness of it. I just want to just have it be in the universe, have said I've done it and it's special, but I just don't want to think about it too much because then I'll get in my head because I know that there's going to be more articles and more articles. I don't want to get too high or too low on anything. So I'm just going to keep going, just keep pushing forward. Do you have any more specific goals, like the cover of the Rolling Stone or anything like that? I think my goal is like I try to keep it dependent on me instead of other people's decisions. So my goal is to uh, finish this second. I was already kind of like 80 percent finished, but the the second album is is going to come next year. And also, I'm just really excited that I get to keep putting out music. So my goals are just to have a second album and to get better at performing, get better at like do the best I can on this Quintour, uh, be in the best shape as possible when I go out on a tour and uh, just get better as an artist. So that's where my head's at right now. Do you have personal goals? Do you have relationships? Are you, is your team made of your family or, or what's your personal life look like? No, nah, my, my, well, my team is not made of my family. My team is people who have been in the industry. Ryan Chisholm and Brandon uh, have seen. They also manage Mike Posner and Trevor Daniel. And I just wanted to work with them because, one, they both have had songs that have had a billion streams on them. And I know that that's going to be me one day. And I want them to know who to call when that starts happening. And then uh, the question you asked is personal goals. I think a personal goal is just to be happy. A lot of people don't understand that it, Like that's the first thing before you get into a relationship or before you want to work on something like, are you happy about it? Cause if you're not happy, this thing isn't going to be long. It's just, there's, it's not queued up for longevity, you know? And I, I think that if I can figure out this happiness thing before everybody else, not a lot of people are going to be able to keep up because they're going to be like, dang, how you keep going? It's cause I'm happy with everything that's happening. You know, <laughs> you said that your brother was one of the smartest people in your life, or at least mm -hmm. when he told you to be on TikTok. what's your relationship like with him? He is awesome. He's definitely smarter than me. Uh, he, he is crazy. But I think that, you know, there's some people that just have a sec, like a sixth sense for how, you know, things should work. And he's one of those people. And uh, I have a, a different type of sense of how things should go. But we relate because we're we have a lot of the same interests. So it's cool. We're really close in age, too. So it's but I'm obviously older and better. So. <laughs> <laughs> my younger brother is also the smart one in our family <laughs> <laughs> hey isn't that how it always goes yeah i mean they they learn through our mistakes and experience so it makes sense. yeah all right thank you so much for joining me we're gonna check out a-okay right now on the resistance awesome thank you so much